Welcome in to It's Always Sunny in Cheese Kingdom. I'm Austin. Here with me is my buddy, the Joe Burr of Podcasting Taylor. So we got the Super Bowl. Nothing is happening. What's going on? Uh, well, nothing is happening in the football world, but we have two special guests that you're going to talk about. So that's what's happening right now. I thought you were going to talk about this. We're both going to talk about them. Okay. Well, we have two very special guests, but first you can find me on Twitter at Real Bird Lawyer and him at Taylor underscore wit. We're brought to you as always by Sports Illustrated's Arrowhead Report, which you can find at si.com slash NFL slash Chiefs and on Twitter at Arrowhead Report. Pigskin Podcast Network at Pigskin Podnet, and you can get your official Always Sunny and Cheese Kingdom merchandise through our friends at DatBotT, DatBotT.com, or on Twitter at DatBotT. So, uh, as I mentioned, we have two very important guests with us tonight. They are fellow birds of war, Jordan Kaka! Screen, Kaka! and Zach the Layman's Terms. Kaka! Kaka! And the reason they are joining us is because they had the most ridiculous end to the fantasy football season possible. We will start. Jordan, good good evening. How are you tonight? Oh, doing all right. I'm excited to be on the show and excited to talk about football. And a little sad that I don't get to talk about football for the next couple of months. So I'm ready to get as much as I can in. I hear you there. And Zach, how are you out out in Oregon? Let's see. It's only uh, 7.15 out there. It's barely even nighttime. I know it's it's practically morning here, uh, and uh, no, it's uh, it's. I'm excited to talk whatever football we can because yeah, we got a long, uh, many months ahead of us before we get real football. We just get to be excited about free agency and combine scores pretty much until then. And the USFL, and the <laughs> USFL spring football, baby. <laughs> yeah, um, there's definitely the off season is a different animal than the regular season. Regular season, we're bombarded with news and and scores and all that stuff week after week and then the offseason hits and we got to make it work austin and i have done two off seasons of content uh so far in the podcast and they've been varying degrees of of you know newsworthiness there was patrick mahomes contract and all kinds of like actual fun newsworthiness and then there's months that go by where we feel like we're just begging for something to happen and right now it's the something doldrums is gonna happen in two months two months from yesterday USFL kicking off. <laughs> I don't know if you knew this. You did. We talked about it on this podcast. Todd Haley's in it, but I had forgotten. I knew and then forgot and just remembered that Jeff Fisher is yes. coaching in the USFL. So, you think they're going to go 500? I think it's going. Uh, he's going to have another eight and seven eight. and nine. I don't yeah, know. I, right. I don't know how many. Uh, how many? But Austin and I are uh, fans of spring football. We've been fans of the AFL. We've been fans of the XFL. We've been fans of pretty much any form of football that takes place in the spring because we are such fiends for football. We need to invite these boys as Super Bowl champions into the listener USFL, <laughs> USFL League. Fantasy League. <laughs> if it's anything like the XFL League that we did, it's going to be a disaster because I ran it all on Google Sheets because oh, there, there was no um, fantasy format for the XFL, we just had to come up with it on our own, and it was a lot of fun. But then that season got canceled six weeks into it. Oh, and, it was incredible! Uh, I had uh, I had Trey McBride on my team; he was a badass. But other than spring football, another type of fake football that we all really like is fantasy football. And the reason that Jordan and Zach are here, as I introed earlier, was because miraculously, through a miracle of God, they both ended up our Super Bowl co-champions and to my knowledge it's never happened possible through my through my knowledge it's never happened in the history of fantasy football in any league ever that there is a point oh oh we round to hundredths place and somehow they both ended up with 132 
0.46 points. So let's go through. First of all, we're going to talk, uh, Jordan, I'll start with you. When you were in the Super Bowl against Zach, he's got a beast of a team. You've got a beast of a team. We knew it was going to be a high-scoring affair. Uh, you said, I believe, earlier that you were kind of scoreboard watching. How Did you think it was going to end pretty tight? It looked like it was a pretty tight race the whole time. No, I was convinced, like, the before the game started, I was convinced that Zach won. I even I remember messaging him in the chat being like, GG, man, like, <laughs> see you next year. Hopefully we'll get you next year. But I was convinced that I lost. And then I all of a sudden, like, I was like, oh, I wonder about this game. And then, like, I was like, oh, my percentage went from, like, 1% chance of winning to 20% chance of winning. Yeah, creeping to up. 40 to 30. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, last play of the game, wait, what? Like, my, all of a sudden, my chat just started blowing up. And I was like, what happened? And then, oh, well, wait, actually, we tied? What? Like, how does this work? We should very quickly talk about that last play of the game. It was a Najee Harris uh, touchdown run of like 36 yards, I think it was. And that gave you exactly the same amount of points that Zach already had, which was 132.46. And there was no other plays left. It was the last game of the week. It was it. That was it. There We were walking off as a tie. Zach, when you were watching that game, how long did you think you had this thing in the bag until the very last play? I felt pretty comfortable for a while. Uh, I even remember like putting on the chat, like, hey, it's not like it's impossible. Uh, you know, uh, Najee had this many points in this game. That He had this many points in this game. And they were all within like three points of what he needed to beat me. So I'm like, it's not impossible for him to put up some big points. Yeah, and he did need to put up his best score of the year. He did. He was. 29.6. But, but, but it was within reason of, of what he had done. And so yeah. I was trying to like prop up Jordan, maybe so I could like crush him later. Uh, and uh, <laughs> and after we're going, I'm like, okay, well, as long as Najee Harris doesn't score a long touchdown, this one's in the bag. Yeah, it was it was crazy. So yeah. I'm going to talk about your rosters real quick, okay, Zach. You had the Madden 22 starters, and that's why your team was Madden 22, the implication. And that was, of course, both Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes. Brady put up 27.4 that week at the Jets, which mm. he's used to in his entire career. And Patrick put up and a 20. Stunning comeback victory over the Jets. That, that's right. I was convinced that Brady wasn't going to score that much. I was like, oh, he's yes. going to lose to the Jets. I got this in the bag. And then come back. Yeah. And I was like, well. Yeah, he threw a late touchdown there, and that's the goat there. That's right. That I had lost Chris Godwin and Leonard Fournette, like the game before this. Yep. Yes, that's right. You had a very deep and talented team all year, and you were kind of limping there at the end. But um, you know, Patrick had twenty point eight six points against the Bengals, but he had about eighteen of those at halftime. And then, Mm. like we've seen one other time this year, um, didn't really get much done in the second half, but. A combined 47.4 out of your two starting quarterbacks was definitely better than Jordan, who had 17.68 out of Justin Herbert. He was versus Denver that week. Didn't really have, you know, eye-popping numbers by any means. But then you had some injury situations of yourself, and you started Tyler Huntley as your super flex. And he actually had a pretty good fantasy year as far as stepping in for Lamar goes. He had a big 35-point game against Green Bay. But... In this game in week 17, he only managed 12.2 against the Rams. So you started off quarterback-wise, and uh, Zach had the big advantage there. 
Jordan, how was starting Tyler Huntley in the fantasy Super Bowl? How did that treat you? Well, I remember because I remember getting Wentz with one dollar in the yes. draft, and I was like, "Oh, cool! I got like a no, not very good quarterback. Probably gonna get COVID. Probably gonna get injured. Probably gonna get COVID. Yeah, okay. all of the above. All of the yeah. Above. But I was like, "Hey, I got him for a dollar. Like, I'll take him as my second flex." And yep. I remember looking back at the scores after we tied and knowing, I was like, man, if I actually played Wentz and Pittman in that game, I would have won. No, because Wentz actually, Huntley outscored Wentz 12.2 to 10.9. But you had Trey Lance on the bench and he had 20. And that if was you had it. started Trey Lance over Tyler Huntley. That, who he, was it? We both asked We both asked Daniel for advice. Yes. yes. For the game yeah. started. And both took Daniel's advice. And I was like, if I didn't take Daniel, because I was planning on starting Lance. Mm. And Dan Harms leading you astray, fantasy football expert. After he bailed on the league at the last minute. (laughs) Love you, Dan. But (laughs) And then, so that was the quarterbacks. The running backs, Zach, started a very interesting Derek Gore. Week 17 at the Bengals. He did manage 5.5 points, but this was kind of, you know, he was coming off of a ridiculous uh, outing against Pittsburgh. He had 13 and just looked like he was going to be the next stud running back for the Chiefs. Kind of fell off um, that game against the Bengals for sure. And then Dare Ogumbawale. Ogumbawale. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And he is the Jacksonville running back. He was stepping in because Urban Meyer did not want to play. J Rob at all. And so Dare was playing and he put up 13 points. So that was, or 14. So that was a pretty good showing by him. But it was not nearly as much as Jordan's two starting running backs. We already mentioned Najee Harris scoring his season high 29.6. But then Seattle's Rashad Penny put up 32.5 against Detroit in an absolute monstrous end to the season for Rashad Penny, who didn't basically play until week 14 and then put up 26 and then 19, 32, and 25 over the last the end of the year um jordan how did you run into rashad penny i just remembered going through free agents because i was like down at running back needed something and i saw rashad penny and i saw oh he had this like weird spike at the end of the year and i was like, yeah why not <laughs> just go for it and see what happens go for broke and go for it off for go, for go for it go for it that's right um we get to the wide receivers, and of these four wide receivers, we have Zach's Tyreek Hill and Darnell Mooney, and then Jordan's Justin Jefferson and Michael Pittman. And, of course, between the four of them, who scores the most? But Darnell Mooney with 19.9. And then uh, Zach also got only 10.2 out of Tyreek. And the – Would have gotten six more. Would have gotten – Actually, that was that was um, actually not – that was cut that out. That was, that yeah, was I'll cut it. Cut, I, was cut, 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 the, cut. I was thinking of the playoffs. And yeah, I got you. I got you. It's fine. Uh, and then, but Jordan Whatever. kept Zach in the game because he only managed 11.8 out of Justin Jefferson, who's normally very, very good, and 10.7 out of Michael Pittman. Really no big splash plays out of the wide receivers this week. It was kind of a blah week for the receivers. Um, and Darnell Mooney was a pretty good surprise for you, Zach. Yeah, he was um... – I think he was a Dan Harms advice at one point where he said, you know, like, hey, like here's some, some free agents. I need a receiver. And he said, you know, uh, the bears hate Allen Robinson. So Darnell <laughs> Mooney is, yes. uh, which Allen Robinson has confirmed over Twitter since, uh, but that, uh, <laughs> yeah. So, so I, I picked up Darnell Mooney. He's kind of my, my dark horse candidate. I, I would move him back and forth with uh, Lazard and 
I picked up uh, another of the Vikings receivers just in case. Um, so I was kind of like rotating yeah, through. KJ and, yeah, KJ Osborne. Yeah, KJ Osborne. And so I was going to keep K.J. Osborne until the last second. And then I was like, no, I'm going to put Darnell Moody back in. I love it. And so where Zach makes his hay against uh, the ridiculous Jordan running back performances was in the wide receiver running back tight end slot, our, our normal flex slot. And that's because he got 19 points out of Alan Lazard. But Dawson Knox for the Bills, who's been very, very – uh, reliable for them and has been one of Josh Allen's favorite pass catching targets in the fantasy Super Bowl week. I know he pissed a lot of people off two targets, zero catches, zero points. And that was uh, that was a pretty big one when that happened against the Falcons early on. Jordan, I kind of thought your goose was cooked there. Uh, a zero burger in the Super Bowl. No good. Yeah. Yeah. He put up 10 points against me the previous round, which was ridiculous. It was all on that <laughs> touchdown in the fourth quarter when the game was already out of the line. He goes in and scores the last touchdown against the Patriots the previous week in a pretty pivotal performance against me, eliminating me from the playoffs, whatever. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) And then we've got our wide receiver tight end slot, which is just another receiver spot. Pretty even there. 17.9 from Jordan's Mark Andrews. Zach Ertz counters another tight end with 14.6 for Zach. So now we're getting to that's it. That's our that's our scores. That we have was... to remind our listeners that this is a tight end premium league. Normally, I would not condone anyone starting more than one tight end. Would That's never right. do it. But you guys were in desperate positions at the end of a season in a 14-team league in a super flex. That's why we put that tight end premium in there. I highly recommend it for all you sports fans out there. Don't play with a mandatory tight end. Play with a tight end wide receiver flex with the 1.5 points per reception for the tight end. Makes it fun. Tight end's optional, but good. In situational matchups. Absolutely. So you guys finished with a finish that Austin and I have never seen before. A exact tie. We all freaked out in the chat. We all sent just, just like, oh my God, I can't believe it. And, uh, and you are both declared co-champions of the league. So congrats to Jordan. Congrats to Zach on his season. Very well done on the fantasy football gridiron. Hoops fans. That's right, everybody. Football's over. The latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is too good to pass up. I'm talking between the legs, 360 windmill good. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still take your shot at a big payday. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Basketball Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Bet just $1 on any NBA team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code TPPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 20 or older, minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Voidware prohibited, minimum $5 deposit gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Tennessee. Call or text the TN red line at 1-800-889-9789 in Connecticut. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in New York. Call 877-8-H-O-P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y to 467-369. And we are back. And of course, not only was there a fantasy football Super Bowl to recap, but there was also a regular NFL Super Bowl to recap. And of course, That was between the Los Angeles Rams and the Cincinnati Bengals. And the Rams came out victorious 23 to 20 on a final drive by Matthew Stafford 
uh, to go ahead. And then Joe Burrow got the ball back and everyone thought that he was a clone to Tom Brady and he was going to march right down the field and at least tie the game. He was only down three, but um, he didn't didn't make it happen. He was sacked a shitload in this game, sacked seven times. And the Rams in their home stadium for the second year in a row, the team that's hosting the Super Bowl won the Super Bowl after never having hosted the Super Bowl ever before in the history of the NFL in 54 previous Super Bowls. We have now had two in a row with the host team and they won it. Um, We're going to start and we're just going to kind of real quick recap some of our thoughts and feelings about this game, watching it, nothing really too in depth, but I want to get some thoughts from our birds of war before we send round table, little round table action. So I'm going to start us off and I just want to point out um, the thing, the person that everyone was roasting in this game. And that was Eli Apple. Mm. Of course he, for the Bengals was talking as much shit as any NFL player. I think I've ever seen talk shit before a game, during a game, after a game, he was as inflammatory as they get. And he was telling Tyree kill and McCole Hardman that he had super bowl tickets for them if they wanted. So of course, after he lost, McCole Hardman was tweeting him pictures of his ring and all kinds of fun stuff. But Eli Apple got toast in this game. He could not keep up with Cooper Cup. Not many people can. But when you give up two touchdowns, he was the first primary defender to give up multiple passing touchdowns in a game, in a Super Bowl game in, shoot, I think it was like 15 or 20 years. It had been a really long time. And, you know, I, I just think that Cincinnati was a team that, was playing with a lot of momentum more than anything, more than talent, more than, you know, scheming or coaching or anything like that. I just think they had momentum. And finally they got a two week break. They ran up against a good LA team and Eli Apple turned back into a pumpkin or apple or, or whatever gourd fruit he wanted to turn back into. And Matthew Stafford found him over and over again when the big plays were needed, including a, dope no look pass that was on the game winning drive is a 22 yard pass to Cooper cup. Matthew Stafford's the only quarterback that really I've ever seen that does the no look like Mahomes did where it's constantly he's, he's not, you know, he used it in a game. A lot of other guys kind of screw around with it, but I just, I was very happy for Stafford. I was very happy for the Rams and I was very happy for anyone that has ever watched Eli Apple play football. So that was kind of my thoughts. Jordan, what did you think of the Super Bowl matchup? And were you excited going into it? Was it something that you were like looking forward to? Or did you just kind of have it on the background and wonder what was going to happen? Yeah, we had some friends over to our house to be able to watch it. A couple of my wife's friends are Rams fans. And so- Congratulations, by the way, your wife. You yeah. went on your honeymoon after the Super oh, yeah. Bowl, <laughs> after the fantasy Super Bowl. And so that was uh, that was pretty cool. So congrats there. Yeah. Now, go ahead and continue your story. I'll let you guys see. There's her wedding dress where I'm, I'm sitting there. Oh, but nice. Very lovely. Um, we have our reception to, on Saturday. And great. We're gonna have Congratulations again. Forever after yes. party, which will be great. To... Mazel tov. Yeah, thank you, thank you. But yeah, so a couple of our friends came over that were Rams fans. So I was like, okay, I'll be a Rams fan with you guys. Like, Yeah, they, they paid not very hard. Money. They might as well be in the Super Bowl and they might as well win it. And lo and behold, they did. Uh, so one of the things that, like a lot of the Twitter stuff after the game, is what really kind of hit me. The the video of Matthew Stafford's no look pass that's like on field. And yeah, Patrick Mahomes tweeting it out with like the mind blowing emoji. Like, I was like, that's that's pretty good from Mahomes. Be like, there's someone else that can do it. Like, there's someone else that knows how to do this. There's game recognized the game. guy anymore. Like. There's a couple other quarterbacks in the NFL that 
can maybe not go toe to toe with Mahomes, but can like maybe like hip to hip. Like they're <laughs> that's good. <laughs> can wow you for sure. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then one of the stats that I saw that just kind of blew my mind was the Joe Burrow took four four games in the playoffs to match what Mahomes did in the first half against Pittsburgh. Yep. Like yep. Passing touchdown wise. Yeah. Burrow really didn't have a good playoffs. I mean, he was sacked a shitload. He ended up on the season being sacked 70 times total regular season and postseason. And I mean, yeah, he, you know, they, they got stuff done, but they had to hold off a late charge by the Raiders that were on the goal line that could have tied it. They had to pick off Tannehill in overtime. They obviously had to completely, do whatever they did to the Chiefs to uh I mean he was getting blown out in that game and then he had in the, the Super fifth Bowl worst EPA per game exactly uh, in a Super Bowl run hmm. since 2005 behind Rex Grossman 2015 Manning Jimmy in 2019 against the Chiefs and Yikes. Jared Goff in 2018 so Yikes. you know not not great Joe Burr uh, fantastic um Zach how was how was the feeling you're closer to LA obviously than any of us are being in Oregon um are any of your friends LA fans or was anyone into the game or how was the, how was it up there? Yeah. What football teams do people root for in Oregon? It's uh, largely Seahawks, Seahawks, Raiders, Niners are are largely what's around me. All right. Sure. I just laugh a lot. Um, But uh, I was going to go to a party, but then my daughter got sick and she wanted to watch the game. So I ended up staying at home and watching it with her. Um, Good dad. Yeah. Trying to be a good dad. Um, And, uh, after we lost, I tried to go silver lining mode. I'm like, oh, this is great. There's a, a, a team that's lost prolifically in, in the, uh, the Super Bowls. And then there's Matt Stafford, who <laughs> has been held back by the Lions for, like, his entire career. I was like, oh, either one of these teams can win. And then Eli Apple decided to turn on Twitter. And I'm like, oh, I'm a Rams fan now. I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Because like, he was, like, going full Devin White without, like, <laughs> the ability to, to back it up. <laughs> right, without being Devin White. Yeah, yeah without being point. Devin White. And uh, so I, I watched the game just kind of, like, hate watching Eli Apple. And, um, and so that, that, was, that was kind of the, the scope of the game for me. I was having fun trying to keep. Cute, make cute little catch lines like Joe Burr Oaken. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Joe Burr Oaken, that's good. And so, yeah, I was just having some fun with that. And, um, you know, it, a lot of stats. one of the things I loved about this game was watching Bengals fans start complaining about refs. Yes. Uh, um, that was probably my hilarious. favorite thing about watching it after the, the face mask rip on, on Ramsey, which is funny because Ramsey was going to be beat regardless on that pass. Like Higgins yep. just had to pump the brakes, and Ramsey would have thrown himself into out the other end zone, uh, yep. and and it was totally unnecessary. And so, to have, but to have them get a touchdown off of that, and then for them to complain about some false starts or you know the total makeup call on the, the the DPI call that they made later, like I was just enjoying the fact that they were melting down over the refs not benefiting them, which is very Brady esque. So I thought that really was really good for the the, the Borough Crown was the 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 Brady ref, you know, correlation. Uh, yeah. So uh, that really, I was, just, I was really happy for Matt Stafford, uh, you know, because again, prior to videos that emerged yesterday, seemed like a really good stand-up Ooh. guy. <laughs> yeah. That, uh, that little... He's paying for her medical bills. So, you know. He is. He's making, I he's think he work. was 
to be I fair, think he was really drunk. Yeah, I say if you had that wasted, was... you're probably gonna do more damage than anything else, and you're probably not totally coherent with the situation. So I think the right. optics are far worse than the actual situation. But you know, what are what what is Twitter for? But except for finding the worst possible uh, optics on something, and so canceling uh, the hell out of people. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Right. <laughs> mission accomplished. So yeah, and so I think for me it was really just about like I was just watching the game, uh, hating Eli Apple, rooting on yep. Matt Stafford. And I think I cheered just every time Eli Apple got burned, whether it was a touchdown or not. That's where I was at. And you must I'm, have been exhausted. I was. I was. I was hoarse. I, I couldn't speak <laughs> anymore. Uh, you know, I was, I had to take a nap after the game because you know yeah. it's like three o'clock when the game ends over here, and so it was. <laughs> <laughs> no joke. So yeah, tonight it was. Yeah, it was, it was good though. Uh, I tell you, boys, what? It was an awesome Super Bowl. I had an amazing time. It set up pretty much ideally from my standpoint. Um, obviously I was, uh, I was rooting for the Rams. I like, I, I had like a, a 10 minute period after the chiefs lost where I thought like, Oh, well, maybe it would be okay for the Bengals to win. And then I remembered that Matt Stafford was on the Rams and he doesn't have a ring and Aaron Donald's on the Rams and he doesn't have a ring and Odell's on the Rams. He doesn't have a ring. Von Miller's on the Rams. He already has a ring with the Broncos, but like, it would be cool for him to win another one. He's a good dude. And so, you know, about 10 minutes after the Chiefs lost to the Bengals, I was like, mm, no, I'm in on the Rams. So it was going great. Obviously, the Rams had the lead at half. Then there was the long touchdown on a play that, you know, the Bengals, you know, they they benefited um, from the lack of a call, obviously. And, um, you know, it really set up perfectly. It was an ideal, picturesque ending to the Super Bowl. I I came away from the game happier than I could possibly have imagined for a non-Chiefs Super Bowl because not only did Eli Apple get roasted by Matt Stafford and Cooper Cup on their way down to the end zone to score the go-ahead touchdown, not only did Joe Burrow then get the ball back with the opportunity to cement. I mean, we talked about this in the preview show. I mean, and I think, you know, um, maybe off air as well, but you know, if Joe Burrow goes down and scores a touchdown in that situation, I mean, they had this conversation on good morning football today anyway, um, you know, is Joe Burrow the best quarterback in the AFC, but like, okay. I mean, if he wins the Super Bowl when he's 25, um, I guess we could have that conversation. He's got a pretty good argument, even if he beats Patrick Mahomes and he beats Matt Stafford and he wins the Super Bowl in his second year after, you know, playing whatever seven games or whatever it was as a rookie or five games as a rookie before he got hurt. Okay. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm sure we can have that conversation. So it was really an ideal situation to give Joe Burrow the ball back down three with whatever it was a minute, minute 26, minute 26 left to play and, you know, give him the opportunity to lose the game. Which he did, and I, I don't know. I, I don't necessarily want to say that he lost the game. I didn't think that Joe Burrow played particularly well, but obviously Aaron Donald, superhuman, his offensive line. I mean, that was another bit of poetic justice, right? Like you know, the not that Jamar Chase is not amazing, he is, but uh, of course that meme that uh, everybody put out around draft time of uh, you know the the illustration of the offensive line with um, with Penny Sewell out there, and you know Penny Sewell, anyone. You know, he's got bro standing back there throwing a bomb to whoever and then got Jamar Chase open in the other one and anyone on the offensive line, Joe Burrow's getting sacked. And that's um, pretty much exactly how the game played out, because, in fact, Jamar Chase was wide open on the last play of the game. And uh, Joe Burrow was in the dirt because Aaron Donald beat the guard in about three tenths of a second and uh, put him on his ass. And of course, 
at the end of the day, and you know, as the game went on, the bile, the the pettiness, the discontent really started to rise. And uh, I went and pulled some tweets, and I I retweeted those tweets from week seventeen. When the Bengals got the benefit of uh, all the calls, whatever it was, five or six first downs via penalty after the Chiefs, I think five first downs after the Chiefs had gotten a stop on third or fourth down. And, you know, all the Bengals fans in my Menchie saying, well, I mean, they call it penalties. So, like, obviously you guys shouldn't – you just shouldn't commit so many penalties. And uh, – Retweet. Boy, <laughs> um, that felt – I'm not going to lie. That felt really good. So, it may be cloudy in Cincinnati still sunny in cheese kingdom. Mm-hmm.